Hey, this is Cullen Bunn, the writer of Drax, Uncanny X-Men, and Deadpool Mercs for Money. And you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. And uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing. I'm going to count down for uh, Thanksgiving. You and me both. I'm taking yeah. off some days leading up to the big turkey day. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, we're also, since it's Thanksgiving, that means December is right around the corner. That means only one thing. Free ice cream. Oh, wait, sorry. No. That's the other thing. Well, I like free ice cream. I do too, but that's not it. Oh, what is it then? The non-awards. Oh! Oh, that's oh! December. I Guys, guys, quick segue. I met somebody that actually got to see a no prize last weekend. Cool. Say what? I actually got to see, I met somebody who had, who actually received a no prize. What did it look like? Just an just this really cool looking envelope. That's it. Nothing was in it. Well, it would be a no prize. Right. It wouldn't be a no prize if there was actually something in it. True. Yeah, the, the, the guy said he started to open the envelope and he held it up to the light and saw that there was nothing in there. So he just framed it. He actually got a no prize. Yes. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. There it is. So, well, we have a... Sorry, sorry, I had to segue. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. We had a good week last week, uh, recapping S.H.I.E.L.D. We missed you, brother. I, I, I missed you guys. I, I would love to sit in on that. You know, it seemed like uh, too, there's a lot to say of this this, this season already. Too, you know? too bad you went joyriding. I, I, no, I was not joyriding this time. I, I learned my lesson, and, well, you know, she, she kind of said no. So, you know. But the, the Gila bus wasn't here, so we figured you took it somewhere. Well, but, well see, you want to know why? Because I am working on stealth technology. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. You know, um, and, and, and I'm working on making the 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 uh, hella part of the hella bus a little bit smaller because you know it's a little bit unwieldy when you're trying to drive that thing down the street. Just saying. Yeah, that there is that. <laughs> 
you got pulled over, didn't you? I, yeah, I did. I did. You know, uh, you didn't have that wide load across the back of the helibus. No, I didn't have the flashers going, and you know, and you know, and well, you know, during you know Agent Colson's time, you know, he he wanted us to take the emblem off of everything, and so you know, you just have this black uh, microbus with a big old you know fan. help fan on the back and. Yeah, you know, they, they really kind of frown upon that, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, you could just told them it's like you're off to your second job as a leaf blower. <laughs> I, 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 I could have. I think that probably would have been a little bit more believable than, you know, the whole, you know, being an agent of the shield and, okay, yeah. I know we weren't legit, but we are legit. If you watch news, you will know that. And he didn't appreciate that. Did, so, you know. Then when all else fails, did you use this line on him? I need a horse. We don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. And give me one of those large enough to ride. I, I, I should have used that. You know what? Maybe I should have gotten Lady Sif to come down. That might have helped. I can't I, deal with Asgard today. <laughs> I think I, I, th- I think Lady Sif would like the hell of us, come to think of it. Well, she might. Huh. So, well, we got a busy week. Well, surprisingly, we, right before the holidays, so let's uh, let's get right to it. All right. Let's. Uh, I, well, apparently, uh, well, earlier this month, um, the, uh, uh, the SAG-AFTRA Actors Guild, uh, released an updated list of games that it would not be protesting against as part of its organized strike against several large video game developers and publishers, okay? So, uh, the list, uh, contains SAG-approved games such as Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, uh, uh, Madden 18, Mass Effect, Andromeda. And a mysterious game titled Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, a.k.a. Blue Harvest. Is that just not like the standard code word for everything now? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, George Lucas, for that being the, what was the Return of the Jedi? Return of the yeah. Harvest. Blue Harvest. A Blue horror Harvest. story. Yeah. Yeah, when in doubt, Blue Harvest. Yeah. Oddly enough, Shield does not use that as a code for anything. We 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 used to put our emblem on everything, but we didn't put that. We didn't use that code word. So uh, so uh, in spring, Telltale revealed that it was working on a new game based on the Marvel universe and its characters. Uh, but it hadn't given any uh, given us an update since then. Uh, well, I mean, because, heck, we never even talked about it on here. Um, uh, but Telltale's most popular games have been uh, a narrative adventures based on uh, narrative adventures based on The Walking Dead. Right. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, they, they, they also have one that's called, um, and this is a game that's from our, dis- our distinguished competition, Batman, the Telltale series. I mean, Moon Knight. Uh, which, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh. <laughs> and so then um, there was nothing really, They we, we hadn't really, I don't know, we hadn't really heard anything official, um, but it looks like we're about to maybe hear something official now regarding oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This, this has been a quiet game. It has been. Um I, I Marvel has it even was about a it. quiet game. Yeah, until now. Yeah, so I mean, it's you figure you figure Telltale is probably going way to go, SAG. Hey, thanks. <laughs> now well, we're not going to pay your employees, <laughs> your voice actors. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, you know. Maybe Which is wrong. Are, the, 
I, I will say the voice actors they they I think they have a right to be striking the way they are. Well, yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, there there's a lot of work that goes into. I mean, and, and voice work is very trying. Yes, it is. It, yeah. it's, it's trying. And here's the thing: all you have to do is look to our distinguished competition for the perfect example of how a voice can make a a character iconic and that's mark hamill's joker yes yeah. i mean yeah. the voice can make all the difference in the world that's so true. if you if you do a, a character voice and this this is one thing that i've i've watched with with great interest for obvious reasons but I gotta say I I agree with these with these people because yes you have coding yes you have to develop the video game industry is pretty much it's almost like a wildfire it's almost out of control yep and it's just it's grown and grown and grown and in some ways it's grown beyond the uh, the industry's availability to keep up with it but they have said pretty much. That voices don't matter. Well, that's a crock of crap. Yes, it is. Well, I, I mean, that's. I mean, it's. I mean, the minute. Okay, when when Mel Blank was no longer doing the voice for Bugs Bunny, when that voice changed, I heard it, and in essence, it, it was a slight change. I mean, because the voice is close. Mel Blank. I think it's Mel Blank's son that's doing it now, and it's close, but it's not the same. You you tie that voice to that character, and especially in a video game where you're playing you're you're playing this game for hours on end, and maybe even you no know, several times of a uh, of play. Th- those and characters make that game for you. Now, also think about this: some of them do multiple characters within a game. Yeah, like like if you've played Skyrim, Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls games, those are it, those are pretty much notorious for reusing voice talent for different characters. Like Jim Cummings, the guy who voiced uh, who voices Darkwing Duck and Winnie the Pooh, and basically half of Disney's popular characters right now. I have gotten to a point where I can hear Jim Cummings' voice doing any just about any character. He's in half of Skyrim. Yeah. Yes. So I can see where they're coming from because if you're if you're voicing, you know, half a dozen characters and you've got to record all the dialogue for it, I mean, you're you're providing a large portion of that of that content mm-hmm. and the wear and tear on your voice. That's your livelihood. It is. It is. And you know, it's it's you know, it, it's good though that there are companies out there that recognize that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I understand why SAG did what they did, you know, but... Um, well, they almost I, don't have a choice. That's the whole right. thing. Yeah. And that's true. And the truth is, at the end of the day, we're still going to be buying this game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, chances are we may be seeing this game closer to the premiere of the movie. You know, oh, that, I'm, that, I'm, quite, that, I'm quite sure we will. You know, so, no, uh, so, you know, and so we'll just... Have to keep our eyes and open eyes and ears open, and uh, no, no, watch for future developments on this story as a whole, and on the Guardians of the Galaxy game in uh, specifically. Yep. So, uh, so wow, game news right off the bat. Uh, something we haven't yeah. had in quite some time. That's true. But uh, kind of tying into that with uh, <laughs> it, kind of in the way that you wouldn't expect. 
Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2 actually owes a debt to Deadpool. And this is this is a story that has come out this week, and it has been confirmed on James Gunn's uh, personal Facebook page. Uh, basically, he wrote in. We we know that one of the villains, you know, in Star Lord's father is Ego, the Living Planet. Yeah. Okay. Well, because of that, uh, well, James Gunn kind of wrote himself out on a limb because his Ego's the the Living Planet. His first appearance was in a Thor comic from 1966, but his origins are linked to a Fantastic Four comic from about you know 15 20 years later. Right. So that ties him into Fantastic Four, which of course ties him into Fox. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, and here's the thing: Gunn had no plan B. <laughs> I mean, Oops. this this was kind of like a brown trousers moment because he wrote in a a central role for a character that Marvel Studios did not have the rights to. But we as it, go ahead. No, but sometimes you got you got rolled dice, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, but here's the thing: the the creators at Deadpool, uh, director Tim Miller and screenwriters Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, they uh, they wanted to change Negasonic Teenage Warhead around a little bit. Uh, in the comics, she has psychic powers, but you know they wanted her powers a little bit different for the movie. Well, you know what they got to do at that point? They got to get permission from Marvel. Yep, yep, yep. So that's when Marvel just kind of comes back and says, well, we'll let you do this if you let us use Ego for Guardians 2. Does this sound a little bit similar to the Spider-Man deal? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... This, this, if Marvel and Fox had personal Facebook pages, this is where they would have it's complicated as the relationship status. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, very much so. Very so much so. I, this tells me, though, that the Fantastic Four's movie rights still aren't going back to Marvel Studios anytime soon. Nope. No. Which is a shame. It is a shame. Now, we can still hold out hope for it, but for the time being, it's still a Fox property. Yep. I doubt it's going anywhere anytime soon. Kind of like the X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, because believe it or not, Fox is talking about once Hugh Jackman's departure as Wolverine happens next year. Fox is looking at resetting the franchise. Oh, my. I'm going to shut up. Anyway. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? That means Fassbender's gone. Jennifer Lawrence, who's already said she's done, is gone. James McAvoy, done. Nicholas Holt, done. The only character that's going to be the same is going to be Deadpool. That Deadpool will be part of the new reconfiguration or reboot of um, the X-Men franchise. New new X-Men franchise. Um, So what does this mean for Channing Tatum's Gambit? Well, the film has had a variety of directors attached to it over the past two years and has been delayed several times and possibly will stay there. Um, now, it could be that the New Mutants, which is still moving forward, and that Josh Boone could start shooting as early as next spring, could be the basis for the new reboot, which had been talked about anyway. Right. Let's get a new set of characters in here. Let's give Wolverine a chance to... Die? Die. <laughs> die off become less of a memory for a while mm-hmm. before we introduce maybe X-23 as Wolverine or, you know, touch on more of the modern stuff with, with Marvel. Um, it's 
According to THR sources, uh, they state that the franchise will be reconfigured, uh, like I said, and that producer-writer Simon Ginberg, mm-hmm. name sound familiar? Why is it? Know- might know him from Star Wars Rebel fame. Ah! Oh. As one of the executive producers for Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently already working on a new script. Brian Singer, who will direct four of the, of the movies in the series, is not... Who directed four of the movies in the series is not expected to return. So, mm. take it for what you will. But mm. there has been talk with, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, Kevin Feige said uh, Inhumans might be part of... Phase four? Why do I not believe it? Well, I can tell you what they will be part of. ABC! A, B, freaking C. This is probably... I'm going to file this under things I never saw coming for a (laughs) hundred. I mean, we were focusing on... uh, I don't think Inhumans movie. Inhumans movie. Inhumans movie. You know, Inhumans movie is going to happen in phase three. Oh, no. It's been pushed back to, like, 2019. Oh, no. It's been pushed back indefinitely, and it's completely gone from the release calendar. Well, here's the reason why. I mean, it's actually going to come to ABC and not just ABC. It's also going to come to IMAX. And this is something, um, first of all, this is noteworthy in the fact that this is the first time IMAX has been like a financial partner with a TV series. So what you're going to have, I mean, the first, uh, the, the first two episodes are filmed entirely with uh, IMAX digital cameras. It, this is made for IMAX. The first two episodes is going to be aired as an IMAX movie in theaters for like a two-week window prior to the premiere in uh, September of next year. Yeah, and this is this is not going to. Uh, this is not going to be like Quake Inhuman or the Inhumans as you knew them from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, this is the royal family. Mm-hmm. Black Bolt, Medusa, Karnak, Gorgon. And I think I think this is the Inhumans that people have wanted to see. I think so. Yeah, well, this is, this is the Inhumans everyone was expecting for the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's something weird. I I believe that that's why I I'm surprised, but not surprised by this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a, a buddy of mine found Black Bolt Marvel socks. Think about that for a moment. Now, Marvel characters, Mar- Marvel, if they're making socks, usually they're going to be it's going to be characters that are more out there that the general public are familiar with: Iron Man, Captain America, Punisher, Spidey, that sort of thing. Black right. Bolt socks because she she messaged me and she goes who is this now looked i'm like that's black bolt and she says who i said he's king of the inhumans she says who so then i kind of gave her a reader's digest version yeah, of crash who course. he is Cliff notes yeah and yeah I, I i i i think that we're going to start seeing more of a push of the royal family so that uh uh within the year i guess or less that this is supposed to happen people are going to be familiar with classic as it were 
uh, uh, in humans that we're familiar with from you know from our from because you no know, we're immersed in the Marvel universe, right? Mm-hmm. So you know we're not not I'm not uh, not dissing what you no know, Agents of Shield or how Marvel chose to handle the Inhumans because the truth is they found a genius way of bringing characters to the forefront that nobody did, at least nobody has to say oh they're just knockoff mutants. I'm glad, you know. I'm glad they found a way of doing that. Um, well, I can see, I can see a brilliance in this now, mm-hmm. because with Agents of Shield, you're introduced to the concept of Inhumans, mm-hmm. and you're brought, and you're introduced to the the overall backstory for lack right. of a better word, right. mm-hmm. of right. what the Inhumans are. Right. And now you get comfortable with that idea. You're used to that idea. Now, here's the original set of Inhumans, mm-hmm. and you have to. You don't have to work as hard to backstory it. No. No. You've been there. You've done that. Yep. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I don't remember them really talking about the royal family when we were first introduced to... Like, okay, they talked about Adelan a little bit. Yeah. But they never really talked about the the royal family. Did no, they, they didn't. I, I no. don't remember that. Okay. They didn't because really there wasn't there wasn't a need to. For, really. No, no, no. Uh, not that, but then again, I'm, I'm pretty sure that no Marvel at that point had a completely different set of plans for what they were wanting to do with the Inhumans anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what what's done, especially since they they said they're going with uh, the IMAX movie yes. to begin with. I mean, to me, this, this just sounds like what Lucasfilm did with Clone Wars. Yeah, but it sounds a whole lot better. Yeah. Yes. In because live I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Clone Wars that was a rip off. Yeah, it was a rip off. It shouldn't have happened. I took I took my son to it. I thought this will be this will be great. It's a new Star Wars movie. Yes, it's animated, but it's a new movie. I get to take my son to it. We get to relive. You know, he gets to see what it's like to see a brand new Star Wars film in the theaters, just like I did when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And that's when I realized that the eight dollar popcorn was not the only ripoff in that theater that day. <laughs> uh, I I mean, well, okay. Now, did, how many didn't did they look run? Right. They only did the. It was the, like the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's considered like the first three episodes. Okay. It did not look good on screen because it was no, designed it for. Not. It was designed for TV. Right. Whereas with this, they're kind of. I almost see this as a flashback to the seventies. Battlestar Galactica was a movie first, and then the movie yes. was relaunched as a pilot, as a two-hour pilot for TV. And they did that with Buck Rogers too. They did that with Buck Rogers as well. Yes. And yes. didn't didn't both of those shows air on ABC? Uh, Buck Rogers was NBC. Okay. Yeah, but still, it's the fact that the concept was there. Yes. Um. And and it worked. You know, I mean. Yeah, it worked really well. Well, it huh. gave Buck Rogers two seasons. It gave Battlestar a season. Was Battlestar just one season? No, I think it was. No, it was one season. Wow. No, well, they had Galactica 1980. Uh, Totally different series. Oh. 
I uh, remember Galactica nineteen eighty. I have a copy of it on DVD. Full complete oh. series, complete season. Yeah, it was only one. It was only uh, one season. It was only twenty one episodes of why the original. Does it, why I look back on there and I felt like it lasted at least two seasons, but I guess not because it but went then from again, it went from seventy eight to seventy nine. Yeah. Well, that and they re a lot of that a lot of, a lot of those episodes they remarketed uh, and repackaged as movies as well. Yeah. So it, it felt longer than what it really was. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, um, yeah, I I think this is cool that this is the direction we're going. Oh yeah. Um, it does mean one other thing: chances of Vin Diesel being Black Bolt is now dropped. Oh yeah, that's done. That's done because I I the thing is I I can see Vin Diesel being willing to do TV just so he could play Black Bolt, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he'd be happy. No, no, I, no. <sighs> A lot of times that just it just does not work out for the the person doing it. No. It, it doesn't work out because um, who was it? It's like in Star Trek Voyager, uh, Kate Mulgrew was not the first choice for Captain Janeway. Uh, the the person the first choice was <sighs> Genevieve Bougeot, maybe. I think. Oh, okay. That sounds, right. that sounds right. And she just could not handle the the strain of doing a weekly television program. Yeah. Well, it's different. It's different from feature work. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. I that's it's like that's the reason why you, when you see actors who make that leap from feature work to the big screen, very seldom do you see them go back. You know. Mm-hmm. Although you start to see see a bit of it now, but you not do much. see some of it. Um. Well, um, Clark Gregg is a is a good example. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gone from features to to TV series. So, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, he started off TV first, then did the features, right? And then back, and yeah, now TV. he's back. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was hoping um, Shannon Carter, uh, what's her name, Emily something, would oh. be would be the new director of Shield. Mm-hmm. As Sharon, as Sharon Carter, right? Because she's already got that TV history with with Revenge, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess speaking of vehicles to for shows, <laughs> how about how about some actual vehicle talk? Ah. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, the other day, a couple, actually it was a couple of weeks ago, um, the three of us were talking, I think Mike, I think you sent the link out for this. And so, uh, Marvel has, uh, come out with a new book, I believe right now is about a month old. And it is the Haynes Guide of uh, Marvel Vehicles Owner's Workshop Manual, okay? And uh, it's a hardcover. And I will tell you, the uh, the, the pictures are very good quality. Uh, and it is designed just like if you were buying a manual to work on your truck or your car or motorcycle. It Death is, Star. Or a Death Star, if you will. <laughs> and so, I mean, there, there's all manner of Marvel vehicles in here. We have everything from this, uh, actually, from the first X, X-Men Blackbird all the way through to the various iterations of the Helicarriers. Now, uh, it, to the hmm? is is it like the Death Star manual where they show you maybe some schematics, but there's a lot of movie or comic. Yeah, like it'll, it'll show you it'll show you the schema. Okay, like a good example is in the uh, helicarrier section. Uh, you you get all the schematics for 
the Shield Helicarrier, the Monster Hunter Helicarrier, uh, the... See, I would love to see Marvel do, with the different vehicles, uh, sort of like Star Wars, like uh, DK does with Star Wars with the visual dictionaries. Yes. Or the cutaways. I would love yeah, that, that that's the cross-sections. That's, that's in the visual, yeah. that's the visual dictionaries. Let's see, the, the Hammer Helicarrier and uh, the Department H Helicarrier. Uh, and like in various aircraft, there's the Dagger Quinjet, the Avengers Quinjet, the Thunder Thunderbolts Quinjet, the Shield fi- Flying Car. So if for those of you who are curious about why or how Lola is able to fly the way she does, uh, you can do that. Or there's used also, to be able to. Or, or used to. Is she still able? Of fly, do we know? No, or? no, no. Oh, because if you remember when Lola is chase, well, when Mac and Colson are chasing Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. Mac makes the comment, "If you would just let me work on the flight system, we could have caught up with them." Ah, yes. And that's and that's when Colson says, "I don't think it's going to be necessary." And like as if on cue. Boom! He runs right into the Quinjet. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yep. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I, you know, uh, the ability to fly is an amenity I don't want to do without. Just saying. Just think. Uh, it, it'd make our it'd make our morning commutes easier. It would. Yeah. That's why we have a help. A way. Hold on. We don't really commute. No, we don't. If we did commute, see exactly. See, our, ours is the only Gila bus that also serves as a Gila Gila sub. That is true. That is true. And, and I, I will say with the with this book, which does show how. Uh, how, how one of the turbines work for the helicarrier. I can make the helibus turbine smaller and more efficient. So science, I, I won't, science, buddy. Yeah, I like. I like. Thank you, because I was like, how do I clean that up? Because I wanted to say science something else, but science, buddy. Yeah. I like that. There, there he goes again, trying to science supernatural. Hey, it, I, it can happen. I told you. I told you this season they'd be trying to science the crap out of all this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just you, remember, just what, glowy fist equals supernatural. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Blue Harvest. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is that the name of this issue? Is that the name of this issue? Is the Blue Harvest? A.K.A. Yeah. Blue Harvest. A.K.A. Blue Harvest. There you go. Because it's a scary so, episode so far. back the curtain. We don't name this ahead of time. We we make it up as we go. We do. Uh, we totally do. Spe- speaking of Blue Harvest and the Star Wars commentations, how about this? In the new year, writer Colin Bunn and Luke Ross, who will be the artist, is um, looking to launch in February Star Wars Darth Maul. Wow. A five nice. issue, a five issue Marvel Comics miniseries, and it'll take a look at the tattooed villain's younger days before his short-lived appearance in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> On tap for the antagonistic warrior, lots of rage, and need to take revenge against the Jedi and problems taking orders. Um, the comic finds Maul in untested waters under the training of Darsidious, who would later become the Galactic Empire. Told to stand down from engaging with the Jedi, Maul halts down the worst of the worst in the cosmic underworld to vent his frustration. After learning a young Jedi Padawan named Eldra Cadus has fallen into the hands of a crime lord, Maul seizes the opportunity to test his skills against a real Jedi, but it also maybe turns someone else to the dark side. Um, he should have just showed up with cookies. 
I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much where we're getting at. Uh, Eldra is going to be the protagonist who has a huge impact on Maul's life going forward. Uh, Bun also promises interactions between Maul and Sidious that look at how Sidious relates to his apprentice. He's not a very warm teacher. Which we knew. Right. Yep. So that's that's that. Well, I tell you something else that uh, that we're, that's coming out that's given us a look see at uh, who has traditionally been a villain. Um, I'll see your villain and raise you an entire organization. Okay. Okay. Uh, you've got a new uh, patriotic team book. It's called the U.S. Avengers, and. This is part of the Marvel Now lineup. What we've got here is the story. You remember the advanced idea mechanics? Yeah. 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 Well, they've been kind of retooled. Uh, they've become, it's been relaunched as the American intelligence mechanics. Oh, crap. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because science. I don't know. I just like saying because science. Oh. Okay. So here's here's the thing. A K A Blue Harvest. Yeah. Shield in the comics has uh, is falling under the jurisdiction of the United Nations once again. So now this organization, the American Intelligence Mechanics, will be run by the U.S. government and will be taking over domestic duties for Shield. Oh, yeah. Feeling about this. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's being written by Al Ewing with art by uh, Paco Medina, and this uh, this article is actually coming out of Comic Book Resources. Uh, the U.S. is going to be relying much more on their own secret agencies, the CIA, the NSA, and now the AIM, which will be handling the more outrageous elements. And uh, AIM will be taking over the more James Bond-style scenarios, the, the literal super spies that only S.H.I.E.L.D. could handle before. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it says AIM will dare any danger, no matter how awesome that danger might be, to save their nation from the wildest weirdest threats of all. Now, as you can imagine, there's going to be some tension between S.H.I.E.L.D. proper, you know, some some territorial chest beating, I'm sure, on this one. Uh But uh, one thing that I thought was cool, they're doing a slew of variant covers, and they're all done by uh, Rod Reese. Each state, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, Canada, and a blank cover. So you're going to wind up with, like, 53. They're outdoing the D.C.'s New 52 by one. Yep. And each each state is assigned an Avenger. And the way these variant covers work, you put them all together, and it's like a flag. It's like a U.S. flag. Uh, cool. Some of them have a have a blue starry background, and the other has a red and white stripe background. So uh, some of them they make sense. Like uh, for the state of Kentucky, your Avenger is Cannonball because you know that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi, Rogue, that's where she's from. Um, but some of them just don't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, who does Tennessee get? The Wasp. What? Yeah. She's You're in Ohio now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got Black Knight. Why? Well, because Thor is in Oklahoma. It's okay. We got and Alabama. Ant-Man. We got Ant-Man. You've got two different Ant-Men. Florida has the Scott Lang slash Hank Pym version yeah. of Ant-Man. Yeah. And let's see, who is it? Uh, Vermont has the Eric O'Grady version. 
the irredeemable Ant Man. So what does that say about Vermonters? They're, They're irredeemable. irredeemable. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Ohio uh, gets Black Knight. Ohio gets Black Knight. Um, let's see some other ones like uh, Black Widows, Connecticut. The U.S. agent gets is uh, George's. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, my home state, is uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor. Namor is uh, North Carolina. North Carolina? North Carolina. I thought he would have gotten Hawaii. Okay. No, that's Havoc. <laughs> Steve Rogers, the kid from Brooklyn, New York. What state does he have? Frickin' Delaware. Because he's what? the first Avenger with the first state. Oh, well, there you go. Now, uh, you would like this, Kylan. Okay. New York's Avenger, uh-huh. Luke Cage. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, see, there you go. See, the thing is, so many of these characters call New York home, but you could only have one character, one Avenger for New York. Right. So you have, like, Iron Fist is Rhode Island. Well, yeah. I don't know. at least he's no, he's he's New York adjacent. You know? Yeah. To no one's surprise, Iron Man is California. Right. Uh, one one thing that really kind of uh, it, it it just kind of like struck me as odd. West Virginia is Valkyrie. It's because there's not a character to go with the song Deliverance or Dueling Banjos. You do realize that they filmed Deliverance in Georgia, in Georgia right? Georgia, yes. Okay. Uh, uh, wait. There, there has to be a better choice than there. Okay, okay but see, me, I know they're going with one, Avengers. Give me, give me a character, and I'll tell you who. Or give me a state, and I'll tell you who. Georgia. Uh, Georgia, that's U.S. agent. Oh, that's right. Nevada. Nevada is, um, Lord, I just saw it, the Red Hulk. In a weird way, I can see that. Yeah, kind of. Okay, Washington State. Washington State. Um, Jocasta. Yes, it is Jocasta. Louisiana. That's Spectrum. Though the former Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she's from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Texas. Texas would be Firebird. Okay. Uh, Wyoming's is Red Wolf. That kind of makes sense. Do you remember a character named the Two Gun Kid? No. Vaguely. He's the Avenger from Montana. We now recognize the Avenger from Montana, the Two Gun <laughs> Kid. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, some of these just don't don't make sense. But then again, I think you know, I guess for the most part, they did try to put people where they originally came from. Right. Uh, like Quasar is Wisconsin. I mean, that's where he's from. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's an interesting lineup, and we could go over every every state, but I, we really don't have time for it. So yeah, we don't. I would just say you could you could find them online, and yeah, I will probably want to get a number one issue to have my state on it. Mm-hmm. So now I don't think anybody's really going to get all fifty-three variant covers. Yeah, I'm not that invested, but yeah, I wasn't that invested with Star Wars to get all sixty-something of their variant covers for the first issue. But you did anyway, didn't you? Uh, no. Okay, good. Although no, no, this no, sounds no, no. like this does sound like an interesting series, though. It'd be it'd be cool to see how. Uh, Aim plays off against uh, Shield now yeah. that they're both legitimate. Yeah, yeah that's no. the part to me that sounds that sounds the most interesting because if you remember, Aim was one of those world domination oriented groups yeah. for a long time, but then they decided, you know what, we're not going to compete with these other groups like the Hydras and, and Serpent Society and stuff like that. 
we're just going to go into business outfitting them. And there's nothing, you know, that that's, you know it's what, like, I'm it's like out. A, it's an evil Bass Pro Shops is what it was. Yeah. And so now they've they've been retooled again. So it'll be interesting. You, you there'll be gadgets galore. I'm pretty sure. That's true. Hmm. And I wonder if they get a helicarrier. Since uh, apparently they hand these things out like chiclets. <sighs> apparently we didn't get a chiclet. No, we had to make our own. Yeah. But you know what? We we got a tic tac. But we have but we have an above ground underwater suborbital volcano layer. Well, that's true. No, it's kind of like you know, airworld space in the middle of the desert, except it's underwater without that, the. That oh, actually yeah. was pretty cool. Come to think, yeah, of you know, anytime you got you're riding with Ernest Borgnine in the back seat, it's it's it that just makes things a lot more interesting. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, I've, I I went back and I've been I've been watching. Uh, there's a station that's been playing this in uh, reruns. And number one, I forgot that it actually was more of a spy show uh-huh. than you know. Okay, you know, you, you look forward to airworld, but it was more of a spy show and for some reason it was completely believable that Ernest Borgnine was out there doing spy stuff too. Well he wasn't really doing the spy stuff. He was sitting in the back and typing on a keyboard. That's true. And he kept that baby flying. Well there you go. Now we were going back to the James Gunn and uh, Inhumans whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bleeding Cool is saying Inhumans TV show won't even have Vin Diesel. James Gunn reports. Now, here here's the funny thing. I'm going to share this link with you guys through Skype. I love the picture they say of Guardians, the Galaxy director, James Gunn. <laughs> is that Will Ferrell trying to be a pro wrestler? No. that That is pro wrestler Billy Badass Gunn, or Badass <laughs> Billy Gunn. <laughs> oh, that, oh, my gosh. Wrong gun. But I, I think that, that, they're, I think they're, sp- they're, they're, I think they're spoofing themselves though, because further down the picture they have bleeding cool, and they're pointing to um, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. They have labeled as Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> now I haven't. Mm, uh, I guess with the story, they're saying uh, Bleeding Cool's best friend, Marvel CEO, Ike Perlmutter, who's been wanting to make an Inhumans movie as far as an oft-report vendetta against Fox for purchasing the film rights to the X-Men and Fantastic Four in a, in a bargain Marvel legitimately agreed to. Um, so Feige recently broke out from Perlmutter's control and oversight of Perlmutter's Marvel Creative Committee. And since then, Feige has been literally waging war on Perlmutter and his allies, such as Marvel Television head Marvel um, Jeff Loeb, <coughs> and canceling the planned Inhumans feature film, forcing Marvel, T- Marvel TV to make it a, a TV show. And it's also possible that Feige is also behind Diesel's unlikeliness unlike- to appear in the TV show. Okay. So a little more information. Time to take off the tinfoil hat. <laughs> Step away from the keyboard, take a deep breath, go outside, play with a nice soft bouncy ball. <laughs> maybe play maybe play with some lawn darts. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Even better, go to the comic book shop on Wednesday uh, and pick something up. Uh, you know, there's something about that Wednesday. No matter how crappy your week is, you have Wednesday. Yes, you do. As Kylo you notice how I set that up? 
I, I totally didn't catch it. I, I just, I didn't. <laughs> oh, my word. Uh-huh. I missed you guys. <laughs> See, it, you know, one, I want to thank the Shazbots for that, but, you know, this is one of those times, you know, it's... Will you guys go outside? Will you guys just go outside and play? Go to the comic book shop, all right? Y'all don't need to be sitting in here on the keyboard talking about James Gunn and, and the Inhumans and everything else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all are killing me. <laughs> A.K.A. Blue Harvest. <laughs> so Kyle, why don't you start us off? Oh, okay, well I'm laughing. Okay, sure. You know what? Okay, what, I'm going I'm, with the I'm book here that for you. I have, I'm going with the book that I've like never picked. Uh although I was a huge fan of the series while it was around. Uh is X Men ninety two, number nine. Uh, writers number are number nine. The writers are Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Penciler is Alti Fermancy. Uh, I hope that's right. If I'm wrong, please come on the show and correct me. And uh, the cover artist is David Nakayama. Apocalypse is back. And he's got big plans. How will the X-Men survive their biggest enemy yet? And more so, how will they get back to Lillapalooza? There you go. There you have it. (laughs) Uh, Eric, why don't you go second? Okay. Uh, Since I am going second, I think it's only appropriate that my first pick of the week would be a number two. It is one that I have picked again, or picking again, because I picked it already, and the intern seems to say, well, let's push that back a little bit. It is The Enchanted Tiki Room number 2, written by Jonathan Adams, penciled by Horacio Dominguez, with cover artist Brian Kessinger. By the way, if you don't follow Kessinger on Instagram, do. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of neat stuff out there. Anyway. Time to sing like the birdies sing in the Tiki Tiki Room. Or if you can't sing, you can probably bicker like the birdies bicker. When Jose causes a rift in the Tiki Room's house band, the macaws call on some unlikely guest artists to keep the show alive. The tension builds as ego clashes, unrequited love, and misunderstandings set off a chain of events that threaten the future of the Tiki Room. Meanwhile, a new mystery visitor makes her first move, and Alfred is finally free to tell Agnes who's been eating her shoes all these years. Uh, Spoiler alert, he did. Okay. (laughs) Well, my first pick of the week is Han Solo number five. This is it, the dramatic conclusion to the Dragon Void race. Will Han take the trophy, or will he be left with the space junk? Our favorite scoundrel's first miniseries comes to a photo finish. What's that? All right, and I my 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 number two pick is Captain Marvel number ten. Uh, it's a Civil War two tie-in. Uh, the writers are the Gages, Ruth Gage and Chris Gage. Penciler and cover artist is Chris Anka. The final showdown between Carol and Tony's forces. Fist meets metal in the ultimate battle for the future. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, what did you say your first book was? My first book was um, X-Men 92. What issue? Uh, issue number nine. Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? Number nine? <laughs> number nine? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh. yes, I have uncovered it. <laughs> All eight minutes and nine and thirteen seconds of it. Number nine. Number nine. It does get better. Number nine. Number nine. Situation. They are standing. So there we go. <laughs> So, Eric, your number two pick. My number two just happens to be a number two, and it's also the number two time that I've picked this book as well. Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number two, uh, written by Robbie Thompson, penciled by Javier Rodriguez. The Forgotten is here and is such a threat that it'll take a whole team of Sorcerer Supreme to take him down. Doctor Strange, the Ancient One, Merlin, Wiccan, Sir Isaac Newton, hello, a ghost writer from the 1800s. And who is Nina? And can Strange risk the life of the young Ancient One without affecting his own future? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, my number two pick, Spider-Gwen, number 14. Uh, Writer is Jason Latour, penciler Robbie Rodriguez. Happy Thanksgiving from Spider-Gwen and crew. But what should Crime Lord Matt Murdock, Crime Lord, mm. and his ninjas bring to dinner? Does it matter? He won't see it anyway. Oh! Didn't see that one coming. Mm-mm-mm. I was afraid that joke was going to fall on deaf ears. I'm going to turn a blind eye to the whole thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think I'll just stick to the comment to to to, to, to my comics. So. Well, you know what they say, the devil is in the details. <laughs> Sigh. Oh, that's Electra, sorry. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. Said <laughs> <laughs> the spider oh, to mercy. the fly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh. So, uh, we're on our final picks of the week. Final pick of the week. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I picked this before. I don't know what's going on, but let's go with this again. Cage, number two. Uh, the writer, penciler, and cover artist, yeah, is Jenny Tartakovsky. So, you know, all that in one. So I kind of like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Dendy Tarakovsky didn't um, didn't he do Samurai Jack? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. And Dexter's Lab. Yes, he did. Which kept me up late on Friday nights. Yes, uh, love I it. I love so. Dexter's Lab. Oh, uh, so uh, trapped in the jungle, a thousand miles from home, hunted by savage beasts that walk like men. Luke's got just one thing going for him: ain't no cage that can hold cage. Ain't no time for that. He ain't got no time for that. And the thing is, he's running around the jungle in his 70s outfit, so I'm pretty sure he's sweating. Polyester, that's the most breathable thing out there. Isn't that like a fire hazard? Only if you're near the heat. <laughs> if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Which apparently is what he did. Ah. <laughs> that was a hell of a joke. <laughs> Language. <laughs> Captain America like, is disappointed in your language, young man. Oh well. Uh, awesome. So, so uh, Eric, your final pick of the week. 
My final pick of the week is not a number two. <laughs> it is a lucky number 13. It is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 13, written by Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair, uh, with uh, penciler Natasha Bustos. The smartest there is starts now. Her brain is the only superpower she'll ever need. Reed Richards, Victor Von Doom, T'Challa, Abadez Cho. The greatest minds in the Marvel Universe all have one thing in common. They're not smarter than a fourth grader. That's right, the rumors are true. Lanella Lafayette is the smartest person on Earth. It's time to put her unrivaled intellect to the ultimate test. Thankfully, her best friend, Devil Dinosaur, is 30 feet of mutated prehistoric muscle making for the perfect combination of brains and brawn. And they're going to need it to stand up to some of the worst villains the Marvel Universe has to offer. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, my final pick of the week is not Star Wars number 25. What? Because I chose not to choose it again for the third or fourth week in a row. I think third week in a row. I have gone with New Avengers number 18. Well, then. At the funeral of Roberto da Costa, advanced idea mechanics is declared officially dead. Because they're becoming the American intelligence mechanics. Yeah. In the wake of their ultimate mission, the new Avengers reassess their lives, and one of them hangs out their costume for good. What could possibly follow this? Hmm. U.S. Avengers? (laughs) 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 The Great Lake Avengers? (laughs) So, uh, this is written by Al Ewing, and penciler is Carlo Barbary. So... I think that's going to move us on to our Marvel Unlimited pick yeah, of the week. Yeah, and I have a doozy for everyone. <coughs> I, a doozy. A doozy. Do you? I do, I do. And oddly enough, this isn't related to anything we talked about today, but okay, you guys know I'm a fan of all things Fury. Ultimate Fury, 616 Fury, it doesn't matter, I'm a fan. Uh, so, and there was a mini series from back in 2006, and uh, Marvel, the Marvel Unlimited, has the entire series available for your uh, reading pleasure. It is Fury Peacemaker in 2006. Uh, I I'm I my for my pick it's going to be issue one of course, but I strongly suggest that you take an opportunity to read the entire series. Uh, so part one is a. Uh, Casserine Pass. Before he presided over S.H.I.E.L.D., before he ran with the Highland Commandos, Sergeant Nick Fury fought on the bloodstained sands of the Tunisian desert. He, it was here that he came face-to-face with the incomparable might of the 21st Panzer Division and its skilled warrior commander, General Stephen Barkhorn, and barely lived to tell about it. It was there that he got his second chance at life and revenge. In this gripping limited series, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson offer a never-before-seen glimpse into the soul of a warrior you you only think you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Any final thoughts? I hope to get a lot of comic reading done, at least uh, with the extra time off over the holiday. I think that's going to be ideal. Of course, with no spending time with friends and family. Don't get me wrong. Well, yes. But, yeah. Don't, don't forget your nominations for the nominations. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
so. I, I get to um, ponder uh, ponder with with a great gravity, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, on those choices. And uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I, th- I think we got a good committee this year for the non awards. Oh yeah, uh, we've expanded oh, yeah. from last year, so mm-hmm. um, looking forward to it. it. It's gonna be. I'm excited to see what we you know what um what's out there, especially with the like say you know we got a larger pool now, and you know we'll probably see some choices out there that we know weren't expecting yeah so i think that's be cool to see that yeah yeah so slowly turn this into a thing be fun if marvel took recognition of of our non-awards and and declared whatever like say best comic declared it a 2016 mighty marvel geeks non-award winner i think that we can if they don't that's true we will but I, i would love to see it on a book one day that would be awesome. That would, yes. So, I mean, we're at 145 issues now, soon to be 150. It's got to garner some respect. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not going anywhere. We've been here a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe. Wait a minute. I came in on issue number 50, 50 something. Guys, it's been like 51, almost 100 episodes. And I, I, I came in. I came in on issue seventy. Was it seventy-seven, seventy-eight? Wow, time flies. I came. I came in. Um, oh wait, never mind. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you had a few episodes on us. You did. Yeah, just a few. So yeah. Huh. Uh, Trying to hit the archives. See see where we stand. Um, right, there we go. Checking. 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 My scrolling is slow. It's my it's my iTunes is slow. Um, fifty one. There it is. Mike brings you another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks with his new co-host Eric Allen. Well, there it is. There it is. So, because issue one, uh, issue fifty had Al John. This one kind of went back and talked history of the show. So, there you have it. So, yeah, almost a hundred episodes, hundred issues. Wow. Can yeah, believe- we have issues, remember. Yes. Well, can you believe We Be Geeks is going to be uh, 200 episodes by the end of the end of this year? Wow. That's a pretty good run, too. Yep. That's a heck of a run. And Wookie Radio is going to record episode eight this weekend. Cool. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the non-awards. It's going to be some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, we will discuss who's on the committee at a later time. Mm-hmm. But until then, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So, is there one category in the non, non-awards non you guys are looking forward to? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the best new title is. When do we get the swimsuit edition? Uh, that should have been included in the U.S. Avengers variants. Man, you remember when Marvel Illustrated came out with their swimsuit issues? There were like three or four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had heard the U.S. Avengers swimsuit issue, or cover, was Hulk uh-huh. and a Speedo. No. No. <laughs> no. Totally awesome Hulk is almost there already. Yeah, no. Uh, this is true. Uh, no. She Hulk and Red She Hulk, sure. Yeah, I said that. Hail Hydra. 